Good morning. It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW in Sitka. Today is Monday, August 8th, 2022. I'm Robert Woolsey with Raven News. The window to run for public office in Sitka closed at 5 p.m. Friday with a couple of additional Sitkins filing to run prior to the deadline. Ryan Herbert filed to run for a seat on the Sitka Assembly Friday morning. He's the fifth Sitkin vying for two open seats. That group includes incumbent Tor Christensen, who filed to run for re-election earlier in the week, along with former Assembly member Richard Wien, Chris Ested, and Chris Hinalski. Sitka School Board member Mitch Mork filed Friday for a seat on the school board. He joins Tristan Gavon, who filed in late July. The two were appointed earlier this year to fill two vacancies. Mork and Gavon are the only two candidates to file by the deadline for three open school board seats. Incumbent Paul Ryu did not file. For mayor, incumbent Steve Eisenbeis, Assemblymember Kevin Mosier, and former mayor and Assemblymember Valerie Nelson are vying for the seat. Raven News reached out to all of the candidates as they filed. You can listen to interviews with the candidates as available on our website at kcaw.org. In September, we'll share detailed questionnaires with biographical information and in-depth policy questions, and we'll host candidate forums leading up to the municipal election on Tuesday, October 4th. Sitka's COVID level remains high for the third week in a row after dipping to medium for only one week in mid-July. That's according to data published by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention on Thursday. On Wednesday, the Alaska Department of Health reported 43 new coronavirus cases in Sitka. Those cases were counted between July 26th and August 2nd. It's a slight decrease from the previous week when 66 cases were reported, the highest weekly case count since mid-May. A basketball court in downtown Sitka has gotten a major facelift over the last few weeks thanks to Juno-based Klingit and Athabascan artist Crystal Whirl. Her art will now be permanently displayed on the Crescent Harbor basketball court in the form of a colorful formline mural. The seed for this project was planted when Whirl discovered Project Backboard. Since 2015, the California-based nonprofit has renovated public basketball courts across the country teaming up with private sponsors to fund local artists. Whirl reached out to the company, who said they'd keep her in mind if they ever found her a sponsor. Two years later, she got the call. So they reached back to me and said, hey, you'll never believe it. (laughs) We found a funder, and they are pinpointing you as the artist. They want you to do the artist and you to pick the court. And he decided he wanted to fund a court anywhere on the Pacific Northwest coast. Uh, with me as the designer. After surveying Southeast communities to determine need, she landed on Sitka. Although it was a hard decision, with other strong contenders like Angoon and Huna in the running, Whirl says Sitka made the most sense logistically. There are so many courts, so many that need renovations, but it's a lot harder to get paint and materials and supplies shipped to smaller villages. I just have this strong relationship with Sitka and have this huge uh, admiration for a lot of the artwork there and a lot of Sitka's history. Worrell says she hopes this project will open doors for other Alaska artists to do the same thing. I'm hoping this is the beginning of something new. I hope it's setting a trend for a pathway for more courts to eventually happen and more funders to want to fund and learn about basketball in Alaska and how big and important it is for us. And I'd love to see other artists have their artwork on basketball courts all over Alaska.
Worrell's finished mural at the Crescent Harbor Basketball Court was unveiled Saturday in a public ceremony. She says she plans to release a matching basketball next year through Trickster Company, the design company she co-owns with her brother. Last week, some travelers who had tested positive for COVID-19 were not allowed to board their cruise ship in Skagway. Instead, they say that Holland America helped them book travel on a state ferry and then an Alaska Airlines flight out of Juneau the day after their positive tests. KTOO's Claire Strempel has the story. Diana and Larry Lehrer were supposed to set sail from Skagway on Holland America's Koningsdam after a bus tour through the interior in Canada. But they tested positive for COVID-19 when they reached Skagway. And the first test went fine, the second one didn't. Expect to. We're going to fly out tomorrow morning. Instead, the couple is on the state ferry, sitting masked near the front windows. The MV Lacanti is packed with passengers from Skagway and Haines headed to Juneau. So they wouldn't let us on the cruise ship because that's asking for trouble. So they, they, they gave us the option of quarantining here in Skagway or going home. Diana says she was aware when she booked the package that if she or her husband tested positive during the bus trip, they wouldn't be allowed on the cruise ship. We just didn't think it would be us. She says Holland America took care of them after they tested positive. The company paid for their hotel room and delivered meals. You know, they, they walk you through everything. So it, it was easy to do. They, they totally rebooked our travels back, <coughs> made it very easy. I mean, like within 10 minutes. Within 24 hours of testing positive and being denied entry to the cruise ship, they're on a ferry headed home. A Holland America spokesperson said that's not the company's policy. It will only help customers reschedule travel after they quarantine for five days. But Mr. Lehrer later confirmed in an email that after one night in isolation in Skagway, a Holland employee did book their travel. I know that that happens. Skagway Mayor Andrew Cremata says ferry or plane travel out of Skagway for travelers with active COVID-19 cases is not part of the municipality's port agreement with Holland America. So there have been groups of people with COVID at the airport that have been sent home and they have, they're trying to fly out and then there's some groups of people that have been put on the ferry. You don't have to test negative to board one of the state's ferries or an Alaska Airlines flight, but both companies have policies that say you should not travel if you are sick. Laura Bronk and her husband were on the same tour as the Lehrers, and they're on the ferry too after a positive test. Bronk says their tour guide recommended the ferry over a small plane out of town. She says the cruise company offered them five nights in isolation in Skagway, but they decided to check out and get on the ferry instead. She says the company will reimburse them for the ferry ticket. You know, your vacation's over, you might as well go home. As for the layers, the couple plans to catch flights from Juneau home to the East Coast. They say their symptoms are mild, a runny nose, and a little bit of a cold. Reporting in Juneau, I'm Claire Strumple. Ketchikan's borough assembly passed a four-pronged measure last week aimed at alleviating the area's housing crunch. KRBD's Eric Stone has the details. Starting in mid-August, Ketchikan's borough will allow fourplexes to be built in medium or high-density residential zones without a public planning commission hearing, as long as there's one parking space available for each unit. 
That includes most residential lots within Ketchikan city limits. Applications for triplexes in low-density zones largely outside city limits will also bypass a public hearing as long as they adhere to the same one-space-per-unit parking minimum. Residents will also be allowed to build so-called detached accessory dwelling units or small homes that share a lot with a larger home without a public hearing. The measure also shrinks the necessary lot size for a custom residential zoning system known as a planned unit development from two acres to 10,000 square feet. That's about a quarter of an acre. Borough officials say that could allow for the development of tiny home parks within the borough. Developer Bruce Hattrick welcomed the plan during the August 1st assembly meeting. He said Ketchikan's steep, rocky terrain makes it difficult and expensive to develop new lots. So I think it would help you a lot in the city of Ketchikan or even the whole borough if you could be able to put more housing on the lots you already have. I mean, you got to do something to alleviate the housing crisis, and there's not going to be many new subdivisions. Assemblymember David Landis said he'd heard no pushback on the plan. This is what we asked for, and uh, and this is this is what we got, and I haven't heard anyone that doesn't think this is a good idea. The housing reforms passed unanimously. In other business, the Assembly declined to move forward with a plan to give homeowners a break on their property taxes while bringing in more revenue from businesses and rental properties. Borough Mayor Rodney Dial floated the plan last month as part of a larger effort to bring in more revenue for the borough's education fund. That account is expected to get close to its statutory $2 million minimum balance next year after years of deficits. Assemblymember Jamie Palmer, though, said she was concerned that higher taxes on rental properties would lead to higher rents, and that would prevent young people from moving home after going to college or learning a trade. Rent is ridiculous, <laughs> so I don't want to do anything to um, prohibit people from coming home and bringing those skills to the community, and I think that's what this would do, shifting it over to those folks. The borough's assistant manager told KRBD last month that taxes on a $300,000 rental home or business would have to go up by an estimated $210 a year to support the tax break for homeowners, and that's just to break even without any additional revenue for the education fund. Assembly members voted 6-1 to one to nix the proposal. Assembly member Jeremy Bynum was the only vote in favor. He said he saw it as a way to hike taxes on owners of short-term rentals. We've talked in depth about uh, rentals and VBROs, Airbnbs, and how those are putting negative pressure on housing. And this is an opportunity to uh, have those pay a little bit more of their share into um, the property tax rolls along with businesses, some of the businesses that are here. The Assembly's next meeting is scheduled for August 15th. Reporting in Ketchikan, I'm Eric Stone. I'm Robert Woolsey, and this has been Raven News. Thanks for joining me. Have a good morning.